0: hi everyone welcome to afro leads the podcast as you all know afro leads consists of two sisters myself steph and my sister julie and we're on a mission to promote black british business and culture at present we have multiple social media platforms our most dominant being instagram at afro underscore leads where we post positive posts and features about black business groups communities celebrities music and so much more This episode we would like
1: to dedicate the memory of the late Samuel Mensah, CEO of Uncle Sam's Bakery. He was one of our most gracious guests on last season's podcast and as everybody else has received the sad news that he unfortunately passed away in January of complications of COVID-19 infection. So our thoughts and prayers go out to his family, friends, those who knew him, who must still be in shock with this news. And we'd just like to dedicate this episode to him. So it seems appropriate to start our review of season two by reviewing episode nine. To start with, that was the episode that Samuel kindly joined us on. And it was wonderful to meet him. And to hear about his journey, his family's journey and how he took the reins um, and his plans for the future. It was just really interesting to to meet and talk with him.
0: Yeah, it was really apparent that family was at the core of a lot of his decisions and um, his support throughout his career. Obviously, he had a very varied career and we touched upon his success in music, his yeah. success working in private sector business. And obviously, we're taking the reins at uncle john's bakery as well and the the whole family unit the emphasis of being you know from a you know a close Ghanaian family it was really apparent through all of the conversation really so yeah it was one of the key things that I was. I thought it was really nice to hear like a really strong successful black man be really uh, aware of you know the culture the family unit as well as you know the unique skills that every one person possesses as well but how strong it is when it's connected with family I thought that was really really interesting
1: yeah he gave a strong sense of like the two words I want to say legacy and purpose so like recognizing that he's parents have created this wonderful enterprise from nothing but hard work and determination you know starting off hiring another bakery at night to make their produce before they're able to acquire their own premises and just how despite um, developing his own successful music career he recognized especially as you know being the oldest child that the time had come to maybe put that ambition aside for the greater good of the family as a whole and you can see kind of some of the developments that seem to coincide with the time that he became the ceo so the kind of increased online presence you know you can now get your order online to deliver to your door you don't have to if you don't if you don't live in a town or a city that stocks the produce you don't have to travel there it can come to you and collaborating with major supermarkets are just Morrison's first produce to be in some of their stores so that's what I'm saying to like legacy and though it's so many gems that you dropped you know like as you mentioned with his not just music but the private business experience about just opportunity colliding with like preparation and to set the kind of foundations for what he was trying to do for his family. And it just is it's quite bittersweet really to be speaking about him in the past tense, isn't it? It was just a few months ago that we spoke to yeah. him. Yeah. Can't imagine what his family was going through right now.
0: Yeah, it's um it is it's really I, I was again look like, I couldn't really speak for myself, but I was really in shock seeing the news of his passing. But Again, I went back to listen to the podcast and you know his energy, his knowledge, his wise beyond his years. I know it was a firstborn and most firstborns tend to be, but just his way of his outlook of life, like not um looking at anything as a you know as a failure, but seeing it as a lesson to yeah. and, and also having any experience, taking that to the to the next stage and using that as a stepping stone to better the next phase of his career or of his life, etc. I thought that was really interesting. And yeah, you, know, you could just tell there's genuine love and passion, and um, I'd say from a, you know, some, you know, we we spoke to him once, but it was it was it was very easy to for him anyway to articulate, you know, and to show the love that he has for his, you know, family, even from his mum coming into the office with jollof rice <laughs> to the understanding of it's difficult sometimes working with family, you know it's not just the element of trying to make commercial decisions or trying to have differences of opinions and actually explaining it. There's all this element of traditionally respecting your elders and the way you kind of articulated that, but also the way you spoke about it in such a positive manner. It's a big, big reflection of the man himself. So yeah, huge loss to his family and friends and to the community as well.
2: Yeah
1: and I did like his vision when we're talking about the produce that Uncle John's Bakery make we think about it as being for us by us but he's thinking bigger and no you know we're accustomed to different cuisines from different countries or different like cultures so why not take what we make and share it and encourage others to try it so that's what he was endeavouring to do and I just hope and pray that someone else picks up that mantle and it just goes from strength to strength to strength as it has been doing over the last 25 years and there's more to come yeah so it was yeah it was such an honor to meet him nice for him to take time out and you know we should should also mention that he was one third of the end goal podcast which started during lockdown to try and help and encourage budding entrepreneurs in their journey so I'm sure he'll
0: be missed there as well So the first episode and the guest that we interviewed was Ayo Akinwalere. Again, a fantastic and amazing addition to the lineup of guests that we had in season two. I was, again, very, you know, sometimes there's these situations where I think, especially if somebody has a famous presence, etc. there's an expectation. And if you, and I'm, I'm aware of a lot of the stuff that he's done. I've seen him on TV, for you know, on quite a few shows. And he didn't disappoint at all. He is, you know, passionate, he's super intelligent, ever so generous. And it's just so good to see, like, or to know and learn the background as to the the man behind the image, as it were. Because for me, anyway, there was no doubt in my mind that this guy wouldn't have that platform that he has because he's from Black Excellence. He's from, you know, again, he mentions his, his siblings as well, all doing really well in his family, but, you know. been a strong Nigerian family and you know got strong ethics etc there's no doubt in my mind that this guy would not be a success whatever field he went into so I found his story and the background to him and his family really interesting Um, so that was one thing that I really got from that episode.
1: Yeah no it was it's really like fascinating just because he moved here as a young child so he can compare and contrast his life how it was in Nigeria to how it was he came here expectations and just the challenges of assimilating to the the culture and what that can mean in terms of kind of sacrifice of identity or like decisions made by parents to you know well-meaning decisions to try and help you adapt and assimilate but actually you know in terms of like you know what name are you going to use for example but then Years later, him deciding to sort of actually like, oh, know that this name doesn't represent me unless so I want to be represented to the world and, and changing back to using Io as his first name as opposed to Andrew, which is like a really interesting conversation to have, especially when you you know, he was I think was still presenting Blue Peter then. So very high profile and it still is very high profile, but you know, you could argue that you've already been established as Andrew, why are you making a change and things, but it's obviously a very considered and bold step to, to take and one that he's you know pleased that he has done so is It was really interesting to have that conversation
0: yeah definitely what I think comes across really well in fact he does say actually in the podcast but what comes across extremely well is that he's so proud of both sides of his identities I think he said like I'm both Nigerian and British and, um, and I'm able to celebrate both sides so you know there was never a doubt in my mind that I thought you know this guy doesn't know who he is or you know, he's just so balanced and I think so mature for his age and just really I think like a from a perspective of somebody who's got siblings and brothers, like it's somebody you'd really want somebody to have as a role model. Yeah. You know, he's he strives for excellence. He's always using his platform for good. He's always pushing himself as a person as well and not settling just to tick a box or pay a bill or whatever. It seems like he's always making really considered choices. And I think that's really great for our community definitely to to hold on to and you know and to use as a as a role model for what good looks like
1: yeah and I, I you're right actually and he has many varied interests and talents both within the tv industry and also music and there's also like his production company that he shared with us that he started with a colleague called Milk First Productions and he also has a consultancy to help businesses explored like diversity as well so there's just, just so many levels so it's it's the country could come initially to know him as a, a children's presenter on arguably the most iconic children's tv program blue peter and engaging in amazing challenges and being quite almost um like you say everything's considered isn't it it's considered you know some of the biggest challenges he did with swimming He's trying to raise awareness about um swimming skills um, within the community and encouraging both children and adults in that endeavour by what he has done and achieved and the records that he holds within that sport so mm. uh, yeah he's a, an amazing role model
0: as you say yeah for sure definitely I liked um also like his insight in terms of because again I do think of like you know tv and you know obviously one of our core values and the hashtags that we use a lot is about representation and I do think his perspective on, you know, visually what we see on TV was really interesting as well. So, you know, everyone's got a favourite TV show or, you know, some people may like your Attenborough sort of wildlife shows, etc. But his slant on it saying it would be interesting to how interesting and how different and I don't know how much more access a black presenter may have going back into Africa to film wildlife or a Chinese presenter going into China to delve into you know maybe not just cookery but you know wildlife or whatever theme the show is how much more interesting that kind of perspective would bring and I thought you know I do absolutely agree with that I, And I, but for me it's it's not necessarily as you know as just to use the term black and white as like I watch tv because I actually enjoy the actual content but he's absolutely right the perspective and the narrative of maybe potentially somebody going back home or going to meet or going to the motherland for the first time or you know going back to the country of their ancestors and, you know, understanding or showcasing that country, but understanding things about themselves on the way, you know that would be super interesting so it was again through the eyes of an expert in that field I suppose that that kind of showcased different layers potentially to me and I thought that was really interesting and hopefully it's one of the things I'd like to see moving forward in terms of well if I was asked the melanin magic question personally that's one of the things that would be one of my answers actually to see that TV reflects more across the spectrum and shows more of a narrative and more of an emotive journey with the presenters because I think that would be super interesting.
1: Would you like me to ask you the melon Magic question again? Is that- no,
0: it's- <laughs> not not prep for <laughs> you, that. <laughs> you were
1: asked in season one, but it's I guess it's something that does evolve and change. So if you if you've got a new answer that you're chomping at the bit to share, please do.
0: Absolutely not, no, 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 absolutely <laughs> not, not prep.
1: <laughs> so episode three was the lovely Marvine Cole. I mean, this lady is a legend. I think she's amazing. Again, I'm going to say again, like role model for young people in the many different roles we've seen her, whether it's as, you know, now academic within the industry or as a news anchor, radio presenter, radio producer, television producer. You know, there's so many different areas. I mean, I'm sure her students are just like in awe because. She has such a wealth of experience within media and what she does bring is exceptional. Yeah,
0: I'd fully agree. I think what comes across is she's so humble and accessible regardless of all the amazing accolades and the fantastic things that she's currently doing and has done. You know, she's just she just came across as so easy to talk to, very encouraging. And you can, you can imagine she's people would be chomping at the bit to work with her because of that personality trait. She's got all the skills, she's got all the competences, She's some, probably somebody that comes with so much energy, but somebody who's easy to work with as well and just mm-hmm. someone who's so, who's so accessible. There's no doubt in my mind as to why she's so successful as in, and, and why she does such a variety of different projects because you can just imagine people just dying to work with her um, and wanting to have a piece of that Marvarene Cole vibe.
1: She's incredibly multifaceted. And I just felt she was so generous and warm and yeah well it's her passion it was really interesting when we were asking her about how she got into the industry as a young teenager she felt that the industry wasn't for her because she wasn't reflected in it so she initially went down a different path within business but always kept her toe in the media whether it was like radio shows and things like that and then at the age of I think 30 she took the plunge and did a postgraduate studies in media and it's interesting isn't it how how important representation is and because people are growing up seeing her on television that may help influence the choices of other people going up because they've seen her and it it's kind of encouraged them
0: yeah definitely I think the for me it was the just seeing a black woman a gorgeous black woman who has got such a good rep in the whole beer industry like I've never seen that before I do like a good beer I do like a good sesh but again I'm very much aware that kind of like ale bars and things like that I've never necessarily been a place that I would genuinely feel comfortable in and that's on me it's not because I've never particularly gone into a place and felt like I didn't fit in I just saw it It was just full of well just just, I just didn't think the place was for me so to hear the perspective that the actual industry is incredibly welcoming both here and in the states and that her journey has been so lovely and Again, somebody who's obviously so educated and you know inquisitive, you know, no stones unturned, she is the best person to kind of have that conversation with. So that was I think I found that really interesting and really encouraging because yes, it, she is that kind of the pioneer for me, in my eyes anyway, but there's always a new industry to, or a new stone to turn for somebody. It just takes one person to take that plunge. So really inspiring that um again, another element of her personality, you know, not being put off by whether it's a career change or dipping a toe into an industry that she probably at the beginning didn't really have much insight into but coming out a beer familiar and you know an expert and obviously writing for BBC Food etc so yeah incredibly inspiring and yeah I just genuinely thought wow I, I knew a lot about her before the podcast but I left thinking crikey this we need to bottle whatever she's taking we need to bottle it up because it's it's something that is something that everybody needs a piece of.
1: I agree I loved the documentary that Marverine has produced which was the Black Girls Don't Cry and just thought it was an amazing piece of work and narrative and I think lots of people responded in that way to be almost like relief that you know having the strong black woman narrative not that there's anything wrong with being a strong black woman but you know if you're having a bad day or if you suffer from anxiety, depression doesn't make you any less strong, you know, and these things are common and normal, we need to speak about it, because we don't uh, enough within our culture, and I really loved, I thought it was really great that not only Marvin, but the two ladies that were interviewed shared so candidly about their experiences, and the thing that I took away and trying to look into in work is this concept of culturally sensitive therapy, because we try and treat Everyone the same with cognitive behaviour therapy, which you know, there are long waits for, and obviously that's because demand outstrips the current supply. But if you're waiting for something, shouldn't you be waiting for something that's going to be ultimately therapeutic and beneficial? And actually, if there are other avenues that aren't explored because they're not mainstream or the people that are commissioning the services are not aware of, that would be really kind of beneficial and may have shorter waiting times why are we not exploring that so that's that was a big take home for me
0: so Athena Kublenu was an absolute delight to have onto the podcast comedian writer she's just so multifaceted and she's got so many strings to a bow and she's hilarious she never ever let up I think but she's so dry I just have so many areas there's so many areas or so many elements of her personality that I thought do you know what and I do you know I actually carried on laughing after we, we recorded like I'd hang up and then I remember some parts of that conversation and I was like yeah she's gold I absolutely I genuinely thought she's brilliant and yeah I've, we obviously still follow her now on her social media platforms and she still just keeps rolling out absolute corkers so oh absolute honor to have met yeah. her and to have spoken to her
1: I love her she's just so authentic and and yes yeah, she is absolutely hilarious and she knows a great deal about so many things and freely talks about it you know you get educated when you listen to her as well um, yeah very I love much that so. balance and I think that's quite a difficult one to strike but she does it so naturally and yeah we were like howling with laughter with her so yeah it, it was just a, again another honor to have as a guest
0: yeah definitely I can't even remember I, I, you know somebody said to me like what was the best part of the, the conversation i think even the we we had obviously the, the main bulk of the podcast we had a little bit of a chat afterwards which was just as you know amazing um i couldn't pinpoint like an area where i thought was my, my highlight because all of it was when it was like talking about her life before becoming a comedian i found yeah. that like, extremely interesting working in project management and even the stories that she came out with you know about that element of her life like I think she spoke about a guy who'd rocked up to work in board shorts and she's like you know we would never rock up to work in board shorts yeah Uh, um, and then obviously going into the whole element of being a comedian and you know just some of the trials and tribulations of that you know the culture the you know opening my eyes to areas I would never even think of like you know yes there is issues with representation across every industry and sector but you know the actual buildings where most comedians perform are not accessible to people that are in a wheelchair so that obviously means that some people especially you know intersectionality wise if you're black and you in are in a wheelchair or even you know whatever race you are in a wheelchair there is a, a physical barrier for you to entering that industry and succeeding yeah. so there were so many parts of that conversation that I was like god this woman is just gold she's amazing and just what everyone needs to follow her and listen to her because she's amazing.
1: So she was very candid wasn't she in talking about some of the barriers or obstacles that have to be overcome as a black woman in the comedy industry and also loved how she's always striving always not resting on her laurels but Challenges herself by learning new skills. So whether it's improvisation, didn't you say that she's done some like juggling or something? But clowning, was,
0: I think it was. Yeah, it was the
1: improvisation that's led on to her founding an improv group and stuff. So
0: yeah,
1: it's, I just love like the excellence shining through. And I think my favorite part of the podcast was her answer to me asking what is the best part of her job. I oh yeah, like the answer and yeah <laughs> and then just like I guess her delivery of it was hilarious so um yeah she's an amazing woman I'm sure she's got an incredible career ahead of her and definitely absolutely and as she was saying like we ought to have her back again actually as we say with everybody but after the conversation like after we recorded talking about um heritage what it is to be mix of mixed heritage and how you know mixed heritage doesn't mean mixed like or doesn't have to mean or doesn't always mean of mixed caucasian um, yes and um, african heritage uh, point, yeah and yeah so that's definitely something i'd love to explore with her on another podcast
0: yeah agreed 100% agreed awesome. I, again i listened to this podcast the, this episode as well i've listened to it a few times when just for a giggle it just lifts me up because i think like you say the answers that she gave and if you haven't listened to it go back to listen to it or go and listen to it it's, it's definitely worth a listen to as all of them are but this one really gives me a giggle <laughs> so that's a final plea for, for to go back to listen to this one
1: episode five we had nathaniel pete so wow it was really interesting to meet this guy who's got an incredible backstory and an incredible range of current interest that is like smashing and excelling and encouraging others to do likewise
0: yeah he's just a king isn't he I had a as I'm sure you did as well had a inclination to you know just how good the conversation was going to be how varied but it kind of just well for me anyway it totally surpassed my expectations because like you say he's got so many strings to his bow he's got so much to give and to offer in terms of just sharing information, sharing affirmations, sharing good vibes, positivity, examples as to you know how to navigate through the world. An incredibly generous person. I got so much from that conversation. Again, it's another one of those podcasts that I do listen back to again, especially the affirmations at the end, because I just thought, wow, this is just just poetry emotion, just gorgeous. Really lovely to listen to. Yeah,
1: the affirmations were really powerful and definitely something I've shared in other networks because I think really mm. need them. Um, like life is tough at times. If you start your day with a dose of positivity, it's not going to hurt, and actually can help, especially with current issues. But yeah, I just loved hearing about arguably the biggest hurdle in his life is the one that stays with him. Overcoming that is what stayed with him and has propelled him to be who he is today. So you know, yeah. he studies physics A level, becoming yeah. a pilot, um, and all the rest of it falling into Black effect not, not kind of giving up on on that opportunity and um, mm. you know acknowledging others that have contributed to that coming to be yeah. And, yeah and just also how he maintains his links with his community and helping the work through safety box and how that came about as well it's really interesting
0: yeah do you know what as well I learned loads because I think what I think and I've explained this to you know with friends and colleagues etc is that being black and British is so different for every single individual's experience so Daniel Pete's experience and his you talk about strong Jamaican upbringing and obviously now safety box etc for me I learned a lot because there are lots of differences there are lots of similarities as well there's so many things that he went through growing up that I can't relate to but again I can learn from the lessons that he went through and he's very very good at showing that you know these lessons aren't just unique to him or unique to this situation it's actually the understanding of the situation the mindset that can actually translate to a variety of different situations and I think that that came across really well for me you know I think one of the Elements is, you know, it talks about, as you mentioned, about the, you know, everything that's worth achieving is it's going to give you some element of working hard at. And again, to use that the A level, you know, example and, you know, how we have to queue and go keep going back the queue, we set the way, we keep going back. But you can use that situation in numerous different ways and in numerous different situations that reflect your own life and things that you're going through. Likewise, you know, the element of, I think you mentioned about black teachers and how important having black teachers were. and that's another topic that's come up in quite a few different podcasts mm-hmm. as well so a lot of the things he said again having gone back to listen to it a few times I think yes if you can look at it at face value and just take it as his journey but there's lots of things and lessons that you can adapt to your life and sort of take it to the next level so I, I, again I really recommend if you've not listened to that one please do have a, have a listen to it because it's absolutely awesome
1: so after Daniel Pete, you were blessed. Oh, I love this lady. She's amazing. Such a really nice, sweet soul. And
0: Yeah, she was, wasn't she? She was lovely.
1: And that, that's Deborah Jaja, who is the founder of Colour Celebrations, the wonderful milestone cards for children of colour.
0: She's amazing. I couldn't agree more with what you've said there. From her vibe, she's just really humble. You can tell mm. she takes takes so much joy from enriching somebody's life with the experience of her products as well which just looks amazing I know it's great to have multiple revenue streams and it's something that I'm sure most people are, are striving to have but I think the element of enriching well spotting a gap in the market number one not just the UK totally internationally but really enriching the lives of those that you know experience their products and also not just setting and thinking like okay this is the product now going back and developing and improving where needed and where necessary just absolutely inspiring and again a role model I definitely think she's I, I would not say the word stop but I definitely do check out her Instagram a lot she shares so much inspiring information she uplifts every single person that she encounters and she's got a really solid group of individuals that like a sort of a I don't know whether it's kind of intentional or not, but they really do champion each other. And I love that. The vibe's really positive. And there's so much that I get from, from that kind of environment. So I, I think it's really beautiful to see. So definitely another role model for people to check out.
1: She really is generous with sharing her platform, whether it's features on other businesses, guest takeovers. It's just lovely to see, you know, she's not in competition with anyone and she's always ready to help uplift others, as you say.
0: Um, yeah totally
1: but then also acknowledging the realities of it so when asking her about what currently she's on maternity leave but when she's at work what are the realities of maintaining what she's doing and you know certain breaks or commutes used to engage on you know instagram or whatever and it's real but also acknowledging that you know having a husband's support
0: is vital as well um, yeah oh, I love that that was really lovely definitely teamwork uh, it comes across us in our work I mean even to have the the time to dedicate so generously to us to do the podcast it was that team effort of husband steps in puts the kids to bed she has time to dedicate to us I've just thought oh how cute that's what we should all strive for so yeah, I just thought that was really lovely. I've got so much time for her and I could literally sit here gushing all day. So when she's back at work and, um, you know, working in the Leeds area, she needs to watch out because I'll definitely be trying to invite her for lunch or something and to get some more mentoring and just to get to know her a bit better. It'd be really cool to meet her face-to-face when normality uh, yeah. comes back. So after
1: that, oh, it was so great to finally get Mr. Leeds, Sanford Payne on our show Um I don't know if it's Bradford now that he's a presenter but yeah it was so lovely to have Sanchez on the show he's such a lovely guy whenever we bump into him it's always delightful but it was just great to to have a kind of detailed chat really um
0: yeah like it's just a legend isn't it what was your favorite part of our conversation with him um I think instantly, as soon as he came onto the podcast, the energy and the vibe, just if you could physically see it, the, there was just vibrations and frequencies all over the place. He is just somebody that has got a beautiful aura around him. So I'd say the whole of the podcast, I was just like, just energised. And it's that's a real unique trait to have. You, you know, he probably has some days where he's not feeling it or when he's, you know, potentially not on that vibe. But every single time, like you say, we've met him, He's just got this positive, beautiful aura around him. And I just think he's an absolute king. Yet again, another great role model for, you know, everybody. I'm really proud of the, the Leeds link because he does a lot for the city and he's really close to the community. He always does a yeah. lot of stuff that gives back, doesn't he? So yeah, um, it's, if I had to give one point where I thought gold, um, there's a couple of them actually. Because the, again, I'm not as up into the Seven and Up TV show as you were. So to get oh. his perspective on it is brilliant it was absolute gold and I think the show itself it's
1: the reason why I was because I remember watching the predecessor of that like the tail end of that where they'd done it because I think it started in like the 60s 70s before so this was like Mm. a new the re re kind of visioned one and it's just that was kind of fascinating just to see how people's lives had progressed but then yeah to meet somebody involved in that process I was really intrigued just to get his perspective
0: yeah, definitely. And even how he got into, involved in the show, hmm. so wasn't he showing people around his school and obviously it's that positive aura and that magnetic kind of personality that obviously the producer thought he's a star, we, need to, it's we need to have him in the show. I <laughs> loved him when he was
1: saying about, because you were asking him about what's it like to- do you actually meet the other people that I've been followed, and you're saying, "Oh, actually, yes, not followed, but you know, I'm um, featured in the show." And he was like, "Yeah, you know, especially at the first one, the younger, and how you were saying that mm. they had like a disco at the end, which featured in the show." And just he was thinking, "I'm gonna watch this. I'm gonna do like a Michael Jackson kick." And... <laughs> <laughs> it's a showman, the days. How he was saying, you know, now, you know, when I when I have kids they can see I was cool and stuff like
0: that <laughs> I've always been a legend <laughs> yeah. yeah show them
1: I'd have to tell them I could show
0: them <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just wicked isn't it and even like like the jokey side of him or the fun bantery side to the you know the serious kind of reflective side he spoke about his speech at Black Lives Matter and I think that just being able to take a step back and articulate his feelings of, so last summer he spoke at the uh, Lee's Black Lives Matter peaceful protest and he was incredible. And he spoke about being at work at, at the radio station and playing changes by Tupac and how the words of the song, you know, still so, um, well, it could, could have been written last year, let's put it that way. Um, so it, to the extent that when he was reflecting and listening to the song, he couldn't actually speak when it came back to the studio for him to carry on his you know the the the, the link so but he played another song because he was just so overcome with emotion and I thought it takes a big man you know to be able one to articulate it as well as he did um, but to to be able to share that with thousands of people at like a peaceful protest and um, and again the audience being young and old everybody completely got what he was saying so yeah I just, I've, I just honestly know you know when you meet certain people and you, you speak to certain people and Especially if you met them a few times, and they're just consistently lovely, and just you know, got a great personality, positive vibes about them. I just you just know they're just destined for even more success than they've already got. And I'm just just really proud to say that we know him, and yeah, that we we got to share a little bit of of his you know history with people on the podcast.
1: Yeah, and I just I really appreciated how candid he was about his football career. And was oh
0: yeah, that was gold. Yeah,
1: devastating because you know you grow up you have certain dreams you're working towards that and it looks like it's going to materialize but how he has handled and transitioned from that and planted seeds you know he's the kind of person that whatever he touches will be gold and it's not he hasn't got a gold touch it's because he works hard I mean he obviously is talented but he yeah kind of maximizes any opportunity that's given and, and
0: do and you know what, it speaks so fo- like fondly of football as well. Some people could literally be so bitter and yeah, yeah. resent the game, and again, that's to him. It's a Sanchez touch. I could just think he's just. I keep saying the word goal, but he's just got this vibe about him. That it just, it must be. It's it must be something that's a learned process because, I think you know, to turn any challenge or obstacle into a positive, it's not doesn't actually come naturally to most people, but. To him, it looks easy, but that's because he's really rehearsed in it. And and obviously, being such a successful young lad with sport and having to overcome maybe some hurdles back, you know, early doors, yeah, that may be why he's so good at it now. But I learn a lot from this guy. I think he's brilliant, and um, it does lead to proud so yeah extremely i'm really like chuffed that we got a chance to speak to him
1: yeah and then oh it's so lovely really great to speak to the guys behind box lab the amazing kind of what you call it lockdown spin-off of ultimate learning because i think you knew about ultimate learning before or would you
0: yeah that got your attention i knew about ultimate learning and I think it was the because the Drake link I think it made it go yeah. viral. Right. Yeah, so I was aware of them because of that. But then very shortly, um, I, I think I was part of a, a Facebook group which is Black Owned Economics, um, and I thought, God, this boy's this this guy's face looks really familiar, oh, okay. and he just posted about. And I thought, oh, we need we need to definitely do a post about these two.
1: So that would have been Michael Scott. You would have seen. He's the yes he's yes. Just- behind it and yeah. he works with his cousin Jonathan to bring yeah both ultimate learning and box lab to life. And for anyone who's not seen the I have watched a few that's research um and they are they're <laughs> hilarious they're, and but very and very engaging science experiments yeah. and I think some, some of them, like it depending if he's if in his garden you know it's going to be quite sedate if it's in some larger field you know that they're going, <laughs> <laughs> <too>. <laughs> it's
0: going
1: crazy but um, it, it gets it's in really is it makes science fun and it make brings science to life and um the yeah. lab are basically uh, boxes that you buy and I think they're aiming to make it a subscription and they were so generous to gift us one
2: yeah.
0: after
1: we did the podcast which we shared with cousins who actually their mum said she came home from work and the three of them had done it together like
0: but how like, old are they the age range of those three cousins also,
1: um oldest one is 14 the youngest one is six and
0: um, and all three were working together at this you know box lab package yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. amazing yeah she was just so pleasant like a they were doing this together b it's like educational and they're telling her all about like the polymers and what it meant and then c that it was just time that they weren't on the xbox and
3: on screen yeah, yeah lovely.
1: gifted to other people purchased and gifted and they've really loved it as well because it's just unique it's different yeah. especially in this time of people having to homeschool it, it's a, a welcome um, yeah definitely because that's what happened wasn't it people were asking michael about what can we do for homeschooling science and he was telling them get this get that, like that and then decided to box it up for you basically. you know yeah
0: you're right actually i love the fact that a lot of their growth and development has been encouragement from people that whether it's the kids saying you need to put it on youtube this is amazing it's so cool it was tutoring yeah so yeah or friends and family are asking for advice and then encouraging them to, you know, take it to, you know, the next level, really. And I think that's a really, you know, that's your market research, isn't it? You've done, you know, really, really interesting feedback, live feedback from your target audience, as it were, just incredible. So not everybody has that visibility, shall I say, or that access to the market, but I just, honestly, I just want to see them on, you know, not, this is no throwing shade to like your Joe your, your Joe Wixes or your you know certain other things that are feature on like this morning and things like that. But there are lots of different businesses that are, that feature on mainstream TV that are, you know, keep your kids entertained and you know the BBC have got a massive log of different science shows and bite sized which is fantastic. But to have something like Ultimate Learning where you can subscribe or have the materials or you know. In your kitchen or whatever, and see somebody who represents from the black community in front of all these young learners, making it fun is a natural on camera as well. I just think it's that's that's the dream really. That's where my vision would would take it. I just think it's incredible. So, so mainstream in everybody's living rooms, and because he's again, like I say, his personality, his passion for the subject, and the marketing behind it, etc. It's just so great, and I just think these guys deserve just every success that's come into them
1: yeah no they do and yeah it's um yeah they should be very proud and yeah it's it, it was a pleasure to meet them both and hear about how they both contribute to to creating what we see and yeah and, it, and they're both lovely lovely guys who are clearly clearly passionate yeah. and are driven by doing it for the kids really that's yeah it keeps them
0: um, that's the core in it. That's definitely at the the epicenter of everything they do. Make sure the kids like it, make sure it's the kids are engaged. <laughs> which is awesome. Really love that.
1: So finally it was um we have come to episode 10, which was oh with Renee Cottle and her lovely daughters, Lalani and Avea.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We've been desperate to get these girls on. Yeah, they're just lovely. I just absolutely love just their vibe, the fact that they are so supportive of each other, they encourage each other. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Renee was very clear that you know it's not all sweetness and light, but it's you not know, when it comes. Cream. It's not all buttercream icing, is it? Yeah, <laughs> but it's very um. It's apparent that they, you know, they support each other, and when you know when when they need to, it's like they're there for each other, and they've got this element of like a united front and a united brand, which I think is just incredible and it's a skill that it takes a lot of effort to do because you know not every day you do feel up for social media or you do feel up for um you know potentially put yourself on camera or speaking on the podcast but whatever they they bring it every single time so I do have so much respect for them and they're learning so many skills at such an age that I just I'm so excited for their futures.
1: Yeah skills and lessons and resilience and Also an appreciation that the status quo is not the only way on and to succeed in life which I think is you know I said I think I said on the podcast they're learning stuff now that you might pick up in your 20s you know and Mm. they're already doing it and even if they go on to formalize what they're doing like say you study business studies you've got awesome
0: life skills experience
1: experience that demonstrates what you're they're doing yeah it.
0: definitely it's nice that they've got the practical side of, of running a business and entrepreneurship at such young age and you know that renee's been so giving in terms of her time because you know to set a, any business up it's not gonna the, the lion's share as she did say we'll, we'll go to, to renee to set things up and to you know instill the the um, practices that the girls would have to take on board so um yeah it's I just think again role models again totally I'd love to have a, a family like that um whereby um she, she's bringing up young women um and you know there's no hell's bad I mean when she was talking about you know racism in school and you know her potential experience at school the kids know about this and I think it's really important that it, you know that they that, she, that, that that it is that visible it's lovely that they understand where the mum's coming from when it comes to like you know potentially going into school and speaking to teachers or stepping up and supporting the children it's not going to be a shock as to why this is going to be triggering or why this is going to you know have a reaction it's it's it's, they're all very much part and parcel of part of the conversation which I think is a really nice way to to allow them to have mature attitudes to things like race and to how they should be treated now they should advocate for them advocate for themselves
1: I think that's key regardless of what your ethnicity, you need to know, your value as a person. And mm. uh, and also, so it must be really reassuring that you've got somebody that will, um, is there to fight your corner, but is equipping you to do that yourself as well. And they have a really lovely open relationship. They, you know, can get the impression that the girls can come to them mum about anything and everything.
0: Yeah, That's, you know. so true.
1: So, yeah, and they're just amazing, inspirational, really extraordinary young ladies and smashing it because what it's not like you know what they're doing the cookies des- desserts do rags masks and obviously renee's cakes they're of supreme quality you know
0: oh God, yeah yeah
1: so it's a it's a real professional outfit that they're running and an inspiration to so many
0: yeah super proud of them a real pleasure to have on the show So I think that's it. I think that's all. That's a recap of season two. If there's any that you've missed, I can only just, again, final plea, please go back and listen to them. You'll find them on the usual channels. And like we say, um, normally between um, an hour, maybe a little bit over, but they are definitely worth a listen to. So please go back and listen to them. Um, We cannot wait for you to listen to the guests that we have in store for you for season three. My goodness, are you in for a treat? But until then, here's a few clips of season two. We hope you enjoy.
4: of like what we've touched on f- throughout this conversation, more representation in different sectors. So... <laughs> I lied. <laughs> so, we, is he we, stolen we, your answer? Have I stolen his answer? He's, he's, yeah, he's lying.
2: <laughs> what is interesting is, and beautiful to see, and I absolutely love it, black people who own businesses putting the Black Pound Day thing up and talking about their blackness with so much pride and so much volume. When we know we keep it 100% real, a lot of businesses try to appear as white as possible because they're in survival mode and they know that racism is very much a thing.
5: Yeah, I think what's been interesting over the last few years is the encouragement of the black pound in many respects and spend black, and something that's really been pushed out across many faces. And I think especially what's been happening over the last few months, white people have been encouraged to look at the products that they buy as well. And I think also for us, it's ownership. You know, um, let's face it, every single black hair company I go into is is not run by black people, which is, which saddens me hugely. And you know that you know black hair and black skin products, whatnot. We need to take ownership of that. You know, we really need to be the the singers of our own songs in many respects. And I think now's the time, if any, uh, that we're a lot more conscious as a as, as a group of people, whether you be Caribbean black, South American black, African black, to really start taking hold of what we are and what we buy then realised that the, the stakeholders, the people that hold the power, the people that are responsible for putting media out there and those stories out there are all of the same demographics. So they didn't actually see nuance, because of the nuance.
3: What do other people have to do to yeah. get to get work? And so it's a very difficult environment where you know you're not being judged by what you're producing; you're being judged by someone's appetite for change, yeah. which is normally very, which is normally very low.
4: I mean, one there's a key word that kind of sticks to me within Black culture as well within the UK is, is innovation. Um, that for me is going to be the biggest thing. Is what's going to take us and take. You know everyone to a level where we are widely accepted but in terms of being widely accepted it's not just being accepted for the sake of being accepted it's more about us understanding the power of community as well um, which is very important us understanding the fact that you know if we want businesses to succeed as much as possible we buy from within um, as much as possible um, because that cycle of of um of money and and infrastructure works continuously so if i if for instance if i did a a hair company and then there is another black owned shop that is a stockist and then there is a customer also that wants to buy that particular product that already is a cycle Mm. if you also if you're someone that imports or does raw materials for those specific products. Again, that's another part of the cycle. If you're someone that produces the plastics for, or sustainable packaging for that particular um, company, that's part of the cycle. So it's us under, just understanding how to be part of a cycle to sustain and to build moving forward, which is, that's what is going to change things. I feel like growing up, there has been a lot of individualism to a certain capacity and people feeling, feeling kind of like they can't trust each other but I just kind of feel like that's just something that's been put into our minds and you know systematically being pushed on us over the years so I think it's just kind of getting out of that mindset and really just looking forward in terms of how we can work together to build a better future and uh, you know we don't know what tomorrow's going to look like but as long as we prepare as much as possible and build as much as possible when the opportunity comes we'll be able to, to to maximize that to the to the best of our abilities.
2: The main focus for them having their businesses is just to know and just become familiar with having multiple streams of income, just have, just becoming familiar with the fact that you don't have to wait until someone tells you that you're old enough to run a business or you're capable enough to run a business or you've got enough in place to run a business. I just want them to get comfortable. So it's just, it's just the norm for them to be able to generate their own income without being, you know, beholden to an employer or having to do a job that they hate.
0: Definitely couldn't do this without his support, without his partnership, you know, it's, it's so important. And I think for anyone who is starting up a business and really doing it like
3: at grassroots level, you know, getting stuck in, you need to have your, your partner or your family, your friends, whoever it is that's part of your major support system, you really need to have them invested
0: and supporting you in any way, shape or form that they can.
4: And the last thing, like I said, was
0: sacrifice.
4: Next five ten years, if we want to see real change, anyone that's already made it through needs to turn around and say it to their masses, and let people be be an example, and also set a clear path of how people can follow in their footsteps. You don't just have to be a footballer or a rapper. There's so many other ways that you can be very successful, and you have more than enough ability to do so. So I'd say pathway, evidence, and support, and confidence and self belief will take us to where we need to be. I set up affordable tuition and it was weird because some of the students that I was tutoring there, all of them kept saying, sir, you need to get a YouTube channel. And I was like, no, I'm not a YouTube kind of person. I I, I like to keep what I do low key. I, I don't really like to be out there like that. But then it was happening like year after year, like, sir, get a YouTube channel, get a YouTube channel. So. Yeah, that's where Ultimate Learning came. So the next thing was setting up that YouTube channel.
6: Everything that is worth achieving is hard. Mm-hmm. You're asking me a very hard question because each one of those has been hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them has not been easy. And the thing is, anything that's worth having, you've got to work for it. And many people have this wrong mindset. They say, oh, it's hard, I'm not going to do it. I hit the table, that's hard. The thing is, it's a mindset. Once you create the mindset of pushing over an obstacle, I tell you what the hardest thing was, it wasn't those achievements, the hardest thing was getting onto the A level.
3: Right.
0: Yeah.
6: That was the hardest thing, because it was at that point, I realized that no doesn't mean no.
5: What really sits behind it, even with the National Front, and it's something I'm really interested in, is, you know, what is taught to these young people from an early age? Because if they don't see people like us, you know, in history, then they will not acknowledge us as something of substance. And then that's the reality.
3: So if you want to work in the public sector, it's really easy. It's the same, the structure is all the same. So, you know, and I remember (laughs) this guy came in on his second day, he wore, like... Board shorts and flip flops. I mean, could you imagine our parents immigrating from a country? I can't imagine even working in another country and just walking up to the office in board shorts and flip flops. Luckily, one of the managers, he was back as well, just sent him home. But I just thought this is just like, I was like, wow, you don't, you really are at home. You literally just got here two weeks ago. You're at home, man. <laughs> For real. So it's, it's totally, and I'm not saying that we should throw the baby out with the bar corner. there's nothing wrong with us having a certain personal standard that we, yeah. we like, but we just need to, it's about don't think you don't deserve to be in a space and that you have to justify your existence. Yeah.
5: And then the response afterwards as well was just, you know, people just going, thank you for making this and highlighting all these issues that I thought, you know, I thought it was just me. I didn't know anybody else who knew about, you know, how we're stereotyped and all the rest of it. I'm going to get help now. It was just kind of like a, a shock that 30 minutes of radio could have such an impact.
6: your listeners, man. I want you to repeat to yourself, right? As you're listening to me, I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to empower yourself and say to yourself, repeat the words, and you say, my life has purpose. My life has purpose. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to say, my story is important. And when you close your eyes, I want you to see that in your mind. I want you to say to yourself, my voice matters. My voice matters. And understand that wherever you are, your environment, you can just speak out and that voice can take life. The power of life and death is in your tongue and you've got the ability to manifest things. I want you to say that my dreams count, my dreams count. And I want you to repeat, I was born to make an impact. I was born to make an impact. And as you go through your life daily, just have these types of affirmations which will help you to aspire higher and move forward in your life into your destiny.